0: now back to today's jmo radio show from the Allen samuel studios here's the voice of the bears john morris back with us john morris aaron sexton in the Allen samuel studios we are brought to you in part by alliance bank central texas At Alliance Bank, you'll find superior service and products to meet your financial needs. We welcome you back, and uh, as promised, we welcome in the golden voice of the Golden Knights. Mark Daniels joins us, the voice of uh, UCF Knights. And uh, Mark, great to have you on, and we appreciate your time this afternoon.
1: It's good to be here. How are you doing today?
0: Everything is great. Everything's great. How about for you, getting ready for the new season?
1: It is. It's amazing. You know, John, when the year ends, you, you say, wow, it's so many months. And then lo and behold, you look up and it's right before you. We open up a week from tonight with a Thursday game. So like you, you kind of get the adrenaline flowing and all the excitement of a new season. So it's a, it's a fun, exciting time at UCF right now. Very
0: good. How how was your uh, off season? Like, uh, what do you do to get away? How do you recharge? How did that go for you?
1: Well, I mean, like you, there really isn't much of an off season. By the time you get done with baseball, it takes into June and everything, so you get a little bit of time off, and then before you know it, August comes and you begin to plan for a new season. So, enjoyed some of our typical uh, Orlando, Florida upper nineties uh, temperature, and uh, and here we go, uh, set for a new season. So it's just uh, you know a new level of excitement. I think for UCF coming off the year we had last year with Gus's first year, but to finish on the high note to beat Florida in the bowl game kind of set a level of excitement up you know, right after that uh, conclusion of last season.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. That caught my attention. Uh, that's a pretty good way to end the season, isn't it? Uh, to finish 9-4 and four and a bowl win, and not just any bowl win, a win over Florida.
1: Yeah, it was unique because, uh, you know, to be able to play Florida, that was a big opportunity for UCF. And to have it be in Tampa in the state of Florida, And among those, you know, bulls that were not around New Year's Day, it was the most attended. It was a sold-out stadium at Raymond James Stadium. It truly was a split crowd, and it was a great opportunity for UCF. And, you know, the SEC's never lost a bowl game it cared about. But on that particular (laughs) night, um, you know, Florida may have been missing some players. UCF was missing players. But you can't tell me when Florida had the lead in the second half that they weren't trying to win the game. But for UCF, who played shorthanded most of the season with some of the injuries. It was a big night because it kind of finished off Gus's first year. It kind of gave him that motivation, excitement going into recruiting. It certainly helped in a lot of ways. Uh, Gus hit the transfer portal again. Recruiting has been great for UCF, and he carried that momentum. And, you know, uh, any win is as big as your school wants it to be, whether another school recognizes that or not. Just like when UCF beat Gus's team, Uh, You know, uh, in the Peach Bowl in 2017, it may have been a big game for Auburn, but it was huge for UCF, part of our undefeated season. So it certainly was big, and and it helped UCF in many ways and kind of a springboard right into 22.
0: Mark, who would uh, you say and who would uh, UCF fans say is their biggest rival?
1: Everybody on Twitter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's <You> know, great. <laughs>
1: I mean, UCF and their fan base has a reputation of a, a, a kind of a talking aloud game on Twitter, so they defend themselves against uh, you know a lot of things. But I'll tell you, John, on the field, obviously in recent years, it's been South Florida because of the geographical connection. I think the last couple of years. You know, it, it was Cincinnati when UCF was on the upper end of things, and now the Bearcats have kind of had the better of things the last couple of years. But, John, the honest question for UCF and, and and the competition is fighting the image of you're a G5 school, that no matter what you did on the field and having success like UCF did of winning 25 in a row, going to back-to-back New Year's Six Bowls, it was like, well, but you're still in that league. And the argument was, well, goodness gracious, if we had the same resources and the opportunity to compete in those leagues, it's a different story. And lo and behold, the opportunity came for UCF to join one of those leagues. So the image changes, but when you're not part of that group, it doesn't matter how many wins you have. It's tough to sell your story to others who say, well, it's a nice little program, but, and I think UCF has had success in overcoming that, but now the 40 plus wins over four years is a factor for it, but, that really has been UCF's biggest opponent is those in the media and the perception, among others, that you're still a G5 school.
0: Well, we saw that up close and personal, that uh, that Fiesta Bowl game out in Tempe, Arizona, Glendale. UCF beat Baylor and uh, beat them handily. That was just a – and that was a big game. That was a big game for us. It was a big game for you guys. I mean, that was a huge victory, wasn't it, for UCF?
1: It was a massive victory because it kind of was the next chapter for UCF. You needed something on a national level to begin to sell that brand. And that season was a magical year for UCF. Um, we won at Penn State. We won at Louisville when they were ranked in the top ten. We won uh, uh, the conference uh, outright instead of a, you know, a finishing in a tie. And then a great opportunity against a Baylor team that had one of the great offenses college football had seen. And yes, that was big, and then u c f followed up the next year by you know sharing a conference championship, and that kind of laid the foundation where your name was out there, so that by the time twenty seventeen came around, it was oh u c f not that far removed, and then you backed it up with twenty eighteen all of a sudden, you've got a national name, and you know it's fun we argue about the uh, the twenty thirteen team versus uh, uh of the twenty seventeen team at u c f that uh, you know who would be the better? There were a number of players on both sides that went on to enjoy. NFL careers, so yes, there's no question that was a very important moment in UCF's history.
0: How about this season? Uh, second year for Gus Malzahn as the head coach there. What? Uh, how are things shaping up for this year?
1: Well, I think as any coach that gets a second year, you feel more comfortable that you're starting to build the type of team that you want, and with Gus, it was you know recruiting, but also recruiting for this season, but where UCF is going. You've got to step up in the caliber of recruiting. UCF's been able to sell that about going to the Power 5 league, and Gus has had tremendous success in recruiting, and he's been among the best coaches in the country in attacking the transfer portal as well. This year's team, I think, is a chance to be really good. There's no game that UCF cannot win. Doesn't mean they're going to win every game, but the schedule is such they can go out and compete. It'll start at quarterback, where John Rice Plumley uh, is a transfer from Old Miss. He played as a, a, a freshman at Old Miss when Lane Kippen was there before Matt Corral came in, had great success as a dual threat, ran for more than 1,000 yards. And then uh, Lane decided to change his offense and go with Matt Corral, and John Rice moved to wide receiver. Gus recruited him out of high school. He chose Georgia before going to Ole Miss, but Gus had the relationship there, and John Rice was interested in playing quarterback and chose to come to UCF. He won a tight competition with Mikey Keene. who was a true freshman that played 10 games last year after Dylan Gabriel went down, and Mikey did a great job. It was a close battle. Gus made the choice to go with John Rice. He's got to get back to playing quarterback. And no matter how many scrimmages and practices you have, it's not the same as game competition. He's surrounded by a lot of talent, John. UCF's incredibly deep at running back. Wide receiver is a veteran offensive line that should help him. And defensively, UCF brings back their entire secondary, most of their defensive front, a little bit thin at linebacker, but some talent there. So it is a very good football team that should give themselves a chance in each game. But as we learned last year, and you guys know, it takes one injury. We played that ball game at Louisville last year coming in red hot. And we lost seven starters, including quarterback Dylan Gabriel. And it just throws a curveball to your season. And we were never able to get fully healthy. And I think despite going 9-4, and I thought Gus did an incredible job game planning, not week to week, but almost series to series and play to play about what do I run offensively with a freshman quarterback, my best wide receiver out, my best running back out, my center out, my left guard out, and to kind of weave your way through the year they did. I think Gus had a great year. I think he's excited about what uh, he's got in 22.
0: Wow, how about that? So finished 9-4 and four despite all those uh, key injuries last year. Uh, and it seemed, everything I see and read is that Plumlee is a really good fit, a really good uh, quarterback with a skill set that fits what Malzahn wants to do.
1: Yeah, he is. I mean, people think of, uh, and I think Gus is a brilliant offensive mind, but they kind of think, you know, okay, nonstop, go, go, go. And it's a little bit different. Uh, a tempo than what UCF fans had been used to with Scott Frost and then Josh Heupel. But last year, we ran the ball 55% of the time. That was partly, again, because you're playing a freshman quarterback. But Gus's best offenses, that's with Cam Newton and Nick Marshall, who he took to a title game. They were a team that established the run with a big offensive line, a really talented group of running backs, but a quarterback that can be a dual threat. And I think that's still what Gus is going to want to do. He's going to want to establish a running game, particularly at the beginning of the season with a quarterback that's just getting reacclimated to playing that position. And UCF has the benefit of a veteran offensive line and a really deep pool of running backs to establish that run. Look, UCF fans may have been used to winning games with Scott Frost and Josh Heifel, say, 55-41. I think Gus is okay if he wins a football game 31-17 and – you know, winning solves all, but they'll be excitingly a lot of playmakers. But I think he's going to be run first to set up the pass.
0: Mark Daniels, our guest, uh, play-by-play voice for the UCF Knights, and you mentioned a couple times the name of Dylan Gabriel. That's a guy we'll see in the Big 12 this year at Oklahoma, uh, and Jeff Lebby uh, here as well from UCF now to the uh, OC position at OU. Uh, what are we in store for for those two guys at OU?
1: Well, both, you know, UCF and therefore I think Dylan's going to be very comfortable in Jeff Levy's offense. And um, look, Dylan's a very talented quarterback. I wish him nothing but the best. We've all learned the portal, give it the portal, take it away. And Dylan saw an opportunity at first. He thought it was UCLA, then to Oklahoma as coaching changes happen, um, Dylan's a guy that I think has tremendous touch on the football. I think he throws a really, really good ball. He throws a tremendous deep ball. And he's very comfortable in what Jeff Levy wants to run. I know there may be some adjustments and, Uh, some things to get caught up to speed when he got a first-year coach there in Brett Venables, but he's been around the game long enough. But I would expect Dylan to have a good season. You might see a lot of stuff on slants and short 8, 10 yards and so forth, but he's got the ability to throw the ball deep. He's not a big run threat. You don't want him to run because his arm is so valuable. But the fact that he knows Jeff Levy so well, I think really gives their offense uh, an advantage. He's a tough guy. I mean, Dylan can take some hits. He's patient in the pocket, which you know sometimes is hard for college quarterbacks. He will allow a third, even fourth option uh, to open up for him. So I would expect Bill to have a good season. And again, the comfort of what Jeff Levy wants to run, I know is really important for him.
0: Mark, did I see this right uh, in the uniform reveal that UCF has the Big 12 logo on their uniform this year? Did I see that?
1: Uh. You saw that in a promotional video Uh-oh. that will not be worn in uh, a game. Um,
0: oh, like okay. Yeah, I got you. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, look, yeah. UCF is still a proud member of the American. Sure. Incredibly excited to get to the Big 12. <laughs> and we have a little bit of branding around the campus on our practice fields and other areas of the athletic facility about the Big 12 because obviously it's part of what we are promoting to recruits and obviously uh, from a business uh, a standpoint. So the Big 12 logos begin to appear I think it's the same thing at Houston and Cincinnati and BYU. So it is uh, – UCF is still a cod member of the American, but certainly excited uh, for what lies ahead of the Big 12 and, and, and slowly beginning to transition some of that logo stuff.
0: I got you. Okay, that that explains it because I, I really would have been surprised if you'd thrown that out there this year. No, no, knowing no. you're Not still yet. in the American. I got yeah. you. Well, it's coming. It's uh, less than a year away. What would you say the uh, excitement level of UCF fans is uh, looking ahead to the Big 12?
1: Well, on a scale of one to ten, it's probably forty just because of the things I talked about before, where you try to fight an image, you know that 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 you can't win because uh, of just the perception of who you are. And I mean, I, I mean, you know some of the numbers. You see uh, will open this fall semester, which is already open now, with more than seventy two thousand students. It's the sixteenth largest TV market in the country. It's the largest TV market without an NFL team. More people continue to move to the Central Florida area than just about every other spot in the country. So it's a massive school that continues to grow and will grow and has an alumni base that adds twenty five thousand people every year. So over the course of a decade, you have a quarter million alums. It is a very young institution that's only been playing football since nineteen seventy nine, but it's massive in size. And that's the thing that, you know, we hope begins to sell that brand. You obviously have to play good football, exciting football, but people begin to learn who you are and what you are, that they suddenly realize, oh, you're just not one of those small schools. And I've said this for years, Johnny, you know, this game as good as anybody, you know, and it started with the Boise State run of success and what UCF has had and some others. When the, the argument used to be, yeah, but what would they do if they had to play this conference schedule week in and week out? Well, give me the same resources, give me the money, let me build the facilities, let me invest in our coaches, and then we'll find out. And I know UCF feels not bragging or arrogant, just like Houston should, because of its talent base, and even Cincinnati in the great uh, Midwest area there is, hey, there's a lot of talent. And in the state of Florida, there's a ton of talent. And now you can sell them that you can play the highest level of football by coming to UCF, just like we've got other schools in this state. And it has uh, led to the type of recruits that UCF was not able to get a few years ago, simply because you got out-recruited by the label of P5, versus G5, mm-hmm. and Gus has done a great job of, of making Orlando a, a key area. There's so much talent in this area. He's had success in his first couple of recruiting classes. So it's a long answer, I think, to your question, but it's a, a level of excitement because UCF felt like they earned it on the field in recent years leading up to the decision by the Big 12, and they look forward to being able to compete at that level. It's a tremendous challenge because we still have a lot of catch-up to do, with universities that have been ahead in the resource uh, uh, a comparison but I think UCF feels like they've got a chance to kind of join that league, benefit from everybody else in that league as we sell who we're playing against in these major sports and uh, do our part to make the Big 12 proud.
0: Well, I'm excited about it. Hope you are as well. And uh, we'll uh, we'll get together beginning next year. I think July 1st, 2023 is the official start date for the four new schools in the Big 12. And I really look forward to it. And, Mark, seeing you and talking to you on a regular basis – but uh, good luck this year. Good luck getting things started next Thursday.
1: Thank you. We look forward to getting the Bears down here at Orlando. It's a few things to do outside of a football game. <laughs> Hopefully it's become one of the great uh, weekend visits uh, down the line. Thank
0: No question. Mark, thanks very much. Have a great day. Mark Daniels, the great play-by-play voice for the UCF Golden Knights. They do open on Thursday, September 1st, against South Carolina State. They play Louisville, Aaron, in Week Two. That is a Friday night game, September ninth. So their first two games are a Thursday and a Friday. <laughs> then they get into a regular Saturday schedule. But uh, but that's UCF nine and four a year ago, second year under head coach Gus Malzahn.
1: Yeah, and he mentioned their big bowl game victory over Florida. And I love how he put it: the SECs never lost a bowl game that they care about, which isn't is all great? you ever hear. You I know, I know. know, isn't that but great? It really yeah. is. That's well done. That Mark. line will be. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> stolen and used many times by me this year, I promise, and in years to come. So that's that was a really great, great
0: line. <laughs> that was great. Great to visit with Mark. Appreciate him. And uh, and uh, check on UCF as they get start to get started to set, set sail on their final season in the American Athletic Conference. They'll be Big 12 brethren beginning next year. All right. Uh, great to visit with him. Let's take a break. We'll be back with more in just a moment. We will share some birthdays, look ahead, Plenty more when we come back. John Morris Show brought to you in part by Kaleo Wealth Management. Kaleo Wealth Management's mission is to provide quality strategies customized to your needs. Their goal is to be your primary source of financial advice. To this end, they concentrate their efforts on developing long-term relationships through a commitment to quality client service. That is Kaleo Wealth Management.